Hello, I am Brother Chris, and welcome to One Living Word, where we examine and share spiritual lessons on one or more verses from one chapter of the Bible. Today we're focusing on the topic, God Gives Peace, based on our reading of 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2 to 6. Let us hear what the word of the Lord has to say in this passage of Scripture. And Asa did that which was right and good in the sight of of the Lord his God. And he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the in, in images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God for their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. And he also took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him and he built fenced cities in judah for the land had rest and he had no war in these days or those days because the lord had given him rest unless we obey the commands of god we will never have peace during the middle of the war before our carnal nature and our spiritual nature. That's war that's going on between our carnal nature and our spiritual nature. We just not will have peace. There are many of us who continue to harbor things in our home and in our hearts which are not consistent with our profession as Christians. Unless we get rid of those idols and ideologies we hold upon, we will never get true rest from the fiery darts of the wicked one. King Asa, in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 2 to 6, that we just read earlier, demonstrated that he understood the importance of removing all the idols and idol worship from the lives of God's people. He knew that unless these things were removed, God's people would never rest in peace. Instead, they would live in constant war. Do you see what happens to God's people after they remove all trace of idolatry from the camp? Do you see what happens to God's people after they decided to obey the commandments of God and live under the shadow of the Almighty? You see, my friend, there is no way that we can expect to have peace in the midst of the storms of life if we continue to allow our carnal nature to take control of our lives. We cannot expect to live at peace with all men if our lives are driven by the philosophies of this world. We cannot expect to have peace and confidence in God if we continue to wander after the world and the things of the world. The only way that we are going to have true peace is by getting rid of everything and everyone in our lives that continues to pull us away from God. Anything or anyone that encourages us to serve mammon should be removed from our lives, no matter what it is or who it is. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on this text, he said the following, A blessed work of reformation, which he set out on foot immediately upon his ascension to the throne. That would be Asa. One, he removed and abolished idolatry. Since Solomon admitted idolatry in the latter 
end of his reign, nothing had been done to suppress it, and so we presume it had not it had not gone underground or it had got grounded. Strange gods were worshipped and had their idols, images, and groves, and the temple service, though kept up by the priests, was neglected by many of the people. They just didn't go to church at all. Asa, as long as he had power in his hands, made it his business to destroy all those idolatrous altars and images. There being a great provocation to a jealous God and a great temptation to a careless, unthinking people. He hoped by destroying the idols to remove the idolatry, which he aimed at rather than to ruin them. Number two, he revived and established pure worship of God. And since the priests did their part in attending God's altar, he obliged the people to do theirs. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and not the gods of the heathens and to do the law and the commandment, that is, to observe all divine institutions which many had utterly neglected. In doing this, the land was quiet before him. Though they were much in love with their idols and very loath to leave them, yet the conviction of their consciences sided with the command of Asa, and they could not, for shame, refuse to comply with them. Note, those that have power in their hands and will use it vigorously for the suppression of profaneness and the reformation of manners will not meet so much difficulty and opposition therein as perhaps they feared. Vice is a sneaking thing, and virtue has reason enough on its side to make all iniquity stop their mouth. Wow! I pray that the leaders of our church will take a similar stand against idolatry in the camp. I pray that the leaders of our church will hold up the standard of God so that their powerful influence will compel those who are living under the shadow of Satan to become liberated by the blood of the Lamb. I pray that those of us who are not leaders will listen to the call from God's church leaders to remove the strange God and the high places from our lives. I pray that we will continue to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our words, our thoughts, and our actions so that we can continue to live in accordance with the will of God. Our receipt of eternal life is a function of removing idolatry from our lives. This is the only way we are going to have real peace in the midst of storms. Let us pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you today for the reminder there are some things that we need to get out of our lives. Give us strength to remove those idols, places of idolatry, those groves and high places from our lives so that the Holy Spirit can take full possession and use us to do your will, we pray. 
through Jesus Christ, O Lord. Amen. Have a blessed and Holy Spirit-filled day.